0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to my good bad brain. I'm a normal person. So I'm insane I've got depression And ADHD But I'm doing better Since I medicated me I'm still not always sure Whether I exist Or what being a person Even really is But I figured out A long time ago That being alive Is beautiful hi brain breather three i think i think we're on three um i love uh, i love these things man like uh, they really live up to their name this uh moment that forces me to do nothing but think let my brain breathe and i think maybe the (laughs) best part is um remove the uh belt grinder that is my phone and the internet and the constant inundation of horrors <laughs> uh from my attention for at least the length of time it takes to do this i was thinking about uh practical advice this week because this is the first one a week that i've decided i'm gonna start releasing brain breathers every other week so i'm gonna keep up with the uh practical advice in these bad boys and uh I was thinking that the practical advice this week might be as simple and stupid as that. Put your fucking phone down, which, you know, thank you, because you're probably listening to this on your phone. (laughs) But I guess what I'd say is try to play it on a Bluetooth speaker, maybe, and walk away from it, or drive the car and don't check the fucking Instagram while you're at the light or, um, don't be scrolling through Reddit or Twitter or Facebook or fucking anything else while you're listening. Just put it away. Do something else. Stretch, maybe. I think another uh, aspect of practical advice would be uh, burn some incense. Man, I've been getting so weird lately. I'm like increasingly turning into uh, a real life like Lebowski or something. Like, all of a sudden this year, I was like, I love incense. (laughs) I already had a thing for Palo Santo. Obviously, lavender is first on my list. Like, one of the first things on my list, the don't-kill-yourself list. So, obviously, smells are important to me. But I'm, like, more and more appreciating them, I think, as true tools of, like, sensory assistance to remove oneself from a bad place. Like, the way smell... You can smell something and you're transported back to a very specific summer, you know, in rural Wisconsin when you were 12 or something like that. Because of like the way water smells in a certain place, lake, fresh water, you know, a little algae in it by the docks. Like, I think there's this ability for something that smells good, same with something that tastes good, but something that tastes good can be its own sort of dragon you chase as I've experience this week where I've just like gone off the fucking rails, like, like totally lost my self-care. It's ironic because I intended this week to start some new discipline practices. I I did actually wake up earlier than usual. I'm trying to just change some things up in my life uh, for, you know, personal betterment and outer betterment of the whole system. But like, I don't know. I, I, all self-care just went away. Like, I ate like shit, I didn't move at all, and what do you know, fast forward, uh, Saturday, around Saturday, sometime on Saturday, it started to settle in, and I just have had a horrible, depressive episode. Like, really fucking bad. Like, like, I haven't had in a while. Like, I've been medicated, I've been taking care of myself, and, and, um, it's, it was tough, man. It was like, uh, a short one, you know, 24 hours maybe. Um, I think only because I used some of my tools, which I'll get into. But it was really strange to have it happen again and just be experiencing this horrible void, this uh, immobilizing terror. But it's not a terror that feels like true fear. It's a, It's like the idea of terror itself. It feels like this abyss, this like... The self hate thing is how I don't know how I feel it manifests. I can't move. I don't want to do anything. Um, I feel like I just want to get inside a garbage bag and hopefully be thrown into a trash compactor and um, no one will realize I'm in there and I can just feel myself get crushed into nothing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's, uh, I just like this weird urge to just cry, to just like weep. And to be experiencing that my body is feeling this way, my body is experiencing this heavy grief at nothing, at my own, at like the sense of atrocity at my own existence or something. And to be thinking to myself, like, these aren't my thoughts. These are not my feelings. And to really mean that and know that, but to be feeling it anyway... To be experiencing this parallel reality of my embodiment and then my intellectual self going, you've been here before, this has happened before, this is just your brain, all the things, all the good, bad brain stuff, all the tools, and that sort of not mattering. I think the proof is in the pudding that it does matter because kind of pulled myself out of it, but like, I couldn't do it alone that would be the other part of practical advice call a fucking friend phone a friend i phone a couple friends and they're literal lifesavers <laughs> i know that's not always an option for everybody um i think the internet has been a nice help for that some you know community that we've built even community that we've built a little bit this little one springing up around my good bad brain i think seems real and there's people there uh It's hard to find a good substitute, though, for, like, just a real friend who gets it, who has their own things, who's not doing anything right now, and can uh, hang out with you for a little bit. Um, Talk a little bit about it, and even not talk about it. I don't think I even got... There was no, like, advice. There was no, like, oh, buck up. There was just, like, yeah, yeah. And it was nice to have somebody there with me. I've learned with uh, ADD brain that there's this... um, Strategy they suggest to uh, get work done, which uh, it's called body doubling, um, and it's it's uh, something I unconsciously was employing before even knowing that this was uh, that I was diagnosed with ADD and stuff, and I've I've since really leaned into it to get things done, which is literally just working with another person in the room. They're also working. They're doing their own thing. It doesn't matter. Really, what they're doing, they're just there with you working um, while you're working. And for whatever reason, this helps get things done. It doesn't feel like a scary pressure thing for me. It doesn't feel like, oh, because somebody's watching, I need to do it. Uh," It just feels, I don't don't know what it is. It's like someone else is here doing things. I can do things too. Maybe it's part of it. There's just something about it. Maybe the creation of structure, creation of a space and a time and intention. Hey, you want to get together and work? That's what we're going to do. Then we do it. The creation of structure, and then I just follow through, and it's easier to follow through because someone's there. Maybe that's why. I'm not sure exactly the mechanism. I just know that it works, that it functions quite well. And I feel like there's something similar to this empathy tool, this calling a friend thing, this, uh, you know, body doubling through a depressive episode. And it was f- fucking brutal. And, uh, getting back to the thing I was saying about sensory stuff and the food thing, I was looking back over this week, I've decided to start again with my whole discipline attempts and trying some new self-care stuff, some more, uh, rigid ones and, uh, trying to treat a little bit more of like my, uh, physical wellness as like part of my job, um, I asked a friend who's a power lifter and a bodybuilder if she'd help me with like a new sort of strict, uh, stricter or I don't know, strict sounds so nasty, but it is kind of strict uh, eating and exercise program. And I'm going to try it out. I've never done it before. I've never like weighed my food and tracked what I eat, um, which I don't recommend for everybody. I don't think it's necessary at all. I don't even think it's healthy for a lot of people. You know, everybody has their own relationship with their food and their body and especially with, I think, the folks who are inclined to have good bad brains. This can be like risky territory. So I really think learn to have like a holistic experience their food. Pay attention to how it makes your body feel. Don't think about counting anything. But for me as an experiment and this far into like my life with physical culture, it's it's something I'd like to try. Um, and getting ahead of that, I realized I have a little bit of like a bachelor party mentality whenever I'm about to start something that's good for me, where I'm like, let's just fucking balls to the wall, fuck it up. <laughs> and... I eat things like, that I normally wouldn't even eat, things I've learned that I have like basically allergic reactions to. And there's studies I've uh, read about online that suggest uh, they've, they've been investigating depression actually uh, as an inflammatory disease also, uh, that sometimes they've treated it with literal ibuprofen. And... There are certain foods and things, high-carb things, simple-carb things, and I just know gluten for me now. It's so fucking L.A. It's so trendy. So, like, I not gluten, but I don't know what to tell you. I've experienced how I feel when I've cleaned it out of my diet, and then suddenly I eat some gluten again, and then I'm shitting my fucking brains out, and I feel horrible. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like one thing follows the other. Might as well just go with it. Uh, <laughs> but, like, along with that is eating really poorly, I had, like, no physical movement this week. I don't know what it was. I think that was, like, sort of started with the depression thing leaking in. That's usually a sign for me. I start, you know, not doing things that are good for me or not doing things that I like or both. And uh, one thing leads to another, and suddenly I've gone a week without, like, doing any of my self-care practices, you know? Eating, like, just horrible stuff and not moving. And what do you know? Like a ton of bricks, it just smashes you in the back of the head. And I'm having this thing where I like just feel like m- monstrous, like this subtle monster. Um, and so uh, I don't know. Those, uh, the tools to get out of it have proven to me to be like definitely ask a friend. And then something that is getting more and more prevalent in my life is this smell thing is like lighting incense. And I think it takes me back to some positive memories of when I was a kid and just summers as a teenager and, I don't know, times that I remember smelling incense. And also because incense smells like campfires in the woods and I have really positive memories around that and for whatever reason it just seems to rip me out of my body I don't I don't think it's an accident that cultures have used like sage to cleanse spaces spiritually or palo santo has always been something I love because there is something about it that just feels so like it resets your body and I think it might just have to do with this sensory trigger This thing that, like, whatever you're experiencing in your head, getting stuck in your head, getting stuck in your feelings, your ideas that are spiraling out of control, something about this smoke, which, you know, invokes for sure just, like, dream images and mythological images of, like, spirit, like, you know, ghosts, but, like, I really feel like they feel like benevolent ghosts, the way this smoke, like, swirls around you, it feels like it's swaddling you a little bit, it creates a... I don't know, maybe uh, the, scent, the smell of fire um, can be, feels, I think, more associated in our deeply ingrained bones with, like, warmth, safety, light, uh, cooking food. You know, there's something about it that just, and then the spiciness of it, I think, maybe too, like, helps pull you back to positive memories. Like, throughout history, like, spices are so valuable and usually were used, you know, uh, at special occasions, you know, obviously night to night cooking as we, as cultures get like wealthier, but like, this is so aside, but I think it's interesting. I I like fruitcake a lot. Like I love fruitcake at the holidays. It's like become a punchline. But I remember I read in this, uh, Martha Stewart cookbook once, uh, it was like a, it was like a winter cookbook that she did. And she was talking about writing, uh, making fruitcake that like, She loved to make fruitcake and give them as gifts. And I did this for a few years. It was one of my favorite things to do, that you would make these cakes, which are these, like, dense, wonderful, like, almost like a banana bread kind of a rich cake filled with dried nuts and and different dried fruits. And then you wrap it up in cheesecloth and you drizzle uh, alcohol over it, like a brandy or something like that, that preserves it. And that's how it becomes this preserved cake that can last, like, forever. And that back... When fruitcakes were like a thing, I guess like in medieval times or whatever, it was like a really special treat because it was like this rich, it was full of expensive ingredients, things that were like dried fruits from the summer and and nuts that were, you know, these these rich ingredients that were kind of expensive and special. And usually you'd add a spice cake in it, you know, like these cinnamon and clove and allspice and all these, you know, sort of expensive spices that would be imported. And they were like these really, and then obviously you'd drizzle nice liquor over it and this this became like this sort of decadent you know almost sacrificial gift and so i think like the spiciness of incense and stuff even sort of triggers these feelings and memories of something celebratory something warm something nurturing and nourishing communal aspects and it's become like something that i'm employing more and more to help pull myself into positive headspaces and uh, I don't know, when you, when you get into people that are really woo-woo stuff, right, like crystals and things like that, and everybody wants to poo-poo it, uh, you know, as this s- not scientific at all, and I don't disagree with that. I can see that it's not scientific. I understand the complaints. I always feel like when we're dealing with self-care and we're dealing with uh, how our brains operate, how, our, how we feel, how our anxiety or, or depression manifests and what we do with it, it kind of like doesn't fucking matter if it's, quote-unquote, like, scientifically real or not, if it works for you. You know, there's so much that's already riding this line of, like, your beliefs are your reality, uh, which, you know, we're riding that line because we also know with the My Good Bad Brain thing that it is reality, that it has nothing to do with our beliefs, that it's something that our chemicals are telling us is real. And so it takes us getting into this ed space of writing a new story to believe something new, about ourselves. Obviously, a little bit of chemical help is great if it's appropriate for you when I think my medication has helped me level out a bit more. But knowing that this happens anyway, knowing also that there might just because I'm a psycho, like there might be a time when post-apocalypse, I won't have access to these tools, to these chemicals that help me so much anymore. Like I want to have some things that I can try that are just me which is where exercise comes in, which is where like meditation and breathing exercise come in and where I think some of these making things that smell good, going places that feel good. And then trying to learn how to limit the things that make me feel bad. And that's really fucking tricky because our brain has these dopamine receptors that are there to to sort of make us feel good i guess and you know you eat something sugary or bad or whatever for you it tastes good and and boosts your sort of happy feelings for a moment but then it demands more to keep to keep that cycle going and we know now our phones trigger the same thing like this um dopamine uh, receptor or whatever, you know, you, you get these hit of dopamine, hit of dopamine, hit of dopamine. Every time you, you get a like, or you see uh, something that agrees with your point of view on Facebook, or that makes you laugh on Twitter, or, or just makes you go, huh, that's clever, or anything. And I kind of think that the dopamine stuff isn't even about making you feel good. It's about something like validating. And like, if it validates your belief, if it, if it validates a feeling. So even seeing bad things, if you're looking at the world and think the world is bad, and you're like in a bad place, you're coming from a dark, point of view, suddenly seeing bad things continue to validate themselves and validate themselves and validate your point of view. You're right. You exist. This is bad. Everything's bad. And you get caught in this cycle that now I I don't know how to see it as anything but this just belt grinder that I'm shaving off my frontal cortex. That I'm just I'm just smashing my head against and just melting my reality or any possibility for happiness or whatever. And also blue light, man. Staring at your phone and just this blue laser beams. Like you know, you can Google some blue light stuff. Um, but blue light, there's uh, what is it? Uh, RGB, right? Red, green, blue. I think are the is what prismatic light breaks down to in well it breaks it down into many more colors. But in our electronic devices, everything's made up of those three colors. And blue light is the one that signifies to our brain it's daylight, that it's it's light outside. Um, and it can be really degenerative over time. Too much of it. Like, you know, you don't stare into the sun, right? Uh, if you stare at blue light too long, it really fucks with your sleep patterns, sleep habits. Sleep hygiene is something I'm terrible at. I'm sure most of us are. Something that's on my list of things to try to improve. And hey, if you need help with that, check out d20strength.com, the company I serve with me and my brothers. We have a a little tea that helps you sleep called Reboot. <laughs> All right, plug over. But... Uh, Truly, like, just the act coming all the way back around to self-care, practical, practical uh, strategies for getting out of bad places, put the fucking phone down. Give your eyeballs a rest. Give that direct anxiety portal input a break where you just take fear and shittiness and negative reinforcement and the completely collapsing horror of existence that you were just beaming straight into your brain right through your retinas right straight back like your brain's right there right into your brain you can feel it you can fucking feel it you can fucking feel it just leaking in there just poisoning everything this corrosive thing just turn it off <laughs> and if turning it off is impossible put it down face down face down and i don't know do some push-ups <laughs> light some incense smell something good breathe very deeply Be- breathe breathe deep into underneath your belly button that's right i hook my uh uh finger into my belly button and then hold that space right there like right you know that weird space like right above your groin at the bottom of your abdomen and breathe into that try to make that sparty or go you know what i'm saying Try to breathe to make that part inflate really deep, deep, deep. And uh, they call it your dan tien in Chinese uh, medicine, I guess. So as, as I learned, at least when I was learning qigong a long time ago doing kung fu. I mean, (sighs) literally three breaths, literally three breaths, like helped reset my fucking system. I was getting all agitated. (laughs) That's wild, man. You want to pause a little at the top, a little bit at the bottom, just in through your nose, out through your mouth. (sighs) Dang. Uh, yeah, what was I going to talk about? I have this hilarious, like, map of thoughts in front of me that I was thinking about talking about in the brain breather that I think is connected to some of the stuff I've been talking about you know what's crazy I think maybe some of you experience this too I don't know what's not connected you know what I mean like I don't know that anyone has ever said anything to me that you can't like connect to something else that's going on immediately in your life and sometimes I think that's like a flaw like I'm like is that like a narcissism thing is that like a self-centered thing that someone says stuff and, and you go oh well that relates to my experience in this way uh, I don't think so, because I'm just trying to, like, demonstrate that we're all connected, I feel like. Like, oh, I relate to that thing, and you t- that gave me this thought, and I really do think we're all in this weird interconnected web. <laughs> but on that sense, is anything not connected? What's connected this week? I uh, I was thinking about narratives, and I think this is uh, related in terms of what it's connected to what I was talking about. This idea of dancing this line of what's real and what's not because we know some things are and some things aren't. We know that our brain's going to tell us things are real, and they are, for all intents and purposes, real. They're chemicals in our brain. It's an experience we're having. But there is no bear trying to kill you when your anxiety is going nuts. There is no life-threatening thing, even though you're experiencing something in your body as if there were. And so dancing this line of real, like what's real, what's not real, is tricky, because we need to acknowledge the reality so that we can honor our experience and then deal with it, but then we need to be able to make up new realities so that we can attain a space of wellness, it feels like. We need to do that through practical physical activity or sometimes just mental stuff. And so with that, I was thinking about narratives and the power of narrative, especially in my life, looking back, the power of stories that I tell myself, that I uh, listen to, that other people tell me that I'm part of, that I believe. And... Narrative, uh, obviously, I don't know, it rules my life in a a very profound and very all-encompassing way because I've made uh, a living often as just an actor, uh, or a theater actor, film and TV. So you already deal in this abstract idea of reality. Uh, I think sometimes acting can be risky if you're already mentally a little bit uh, flexible, we'll say, about what's real because you're literally cultivating the ability to believe anything And make it believable. And then buy into it with other people. In my experience, good actors are bad liars. Because when they're really getting into the acting uh, thing, they believe what's going on. It's this dumb, silly, hair-splitty thing maybe to other people. But you're believing you're something else. So you're telling the truth. And if you're not, it shows. So, anyway, narrative. I was thinking about how... Lovely it is to go back, uh, get stuck in headspaces that are of what I'd call halcyon days. Is always how you know halcyon days is like a thing everybody says, right? But I, I just they always fall into that category in my brain. These these twilight times of my life where everything seems to have a a golden hue over it. And this thick romance was in the air, this capital R, you know, not just in the, obviously, uh, lovey-dovey, romantic sense of, you know, lovers or whatever, but in the sense of, like, a rich world with a, a pathetic nature, a sympathetic nature around every corner where the environment is reflecting your experiences and your emotions, and everything is just beautiful, has this glow to it, that kind of light of Edison bulbs and lightning bugs, and, and everything feels humid in this luscious way. I think about these times, and I'll think about, like, how much I wish I were there, or I'll think of an imaginary version of life that I'm not in, that is somewhere, that I wish I were there. And and I'll think about how they were real. And that other imaginary side pocket of reality is real. And that can be very frightening uh, for me. Because I will go so into those spaces and think, oh, that time is over now. Uh, uh, my life is done. I'm done. <laughs> I am, my life is bad now. <laughs> and I don't know, it's, uh, it's interesting because the power of that narrative is something that you can also use now. You can tell yourself wonderful stories about where you're at and reframe things to understand yourself as a better thing than the story your brain is telling you or other people are telling you. And that can be very empowering. Uh, I think it's uh, super essential, actually, to be able to restructure and reframe. And this, again, comes in the phone a friend thing, is to also have people in your life who hold positive visions of you. Because I think if you have a good, bad brain, Your brain does not always hold a very positive image of you, you know? And I have found myself very reliant on the visions of outside sources, uh, sometimes very much to my detriment, very, very much to their detriment sometimes too, where I'd find myself in situations I would go all the way down being somebody I wasn't and then feel resentful towards them, even though they did nothing wrong, and I totally bought in and went along with this whole story or whatever, but then being like, not feeling like myself and getting mad at them, getting mad at myself, getting mad at the world for the situation that I was in, and that became the practice of, you know, knowing who I was, holding a vision for myself, but when your good bad brain acts the fuck up and starts telling you you're bad, you're this anathema to existence thing, we need new narratives, I think it's good to maybe structure a personal narrative. I, I did some, you know, fairly corny exercises for myself at one time around uh, the idea of a personal litany of strength, that I would describe things that I'd done to myself, uh, done with myself, you know, not to myself, but that I, I had done, I would describe things that I had done to myself, accomplishment, accomplishments, you know, uh, as, uh, evidence of strength in my life, of, of wellness, of being a good thing, and I would feel like the way the way in old epics like Argonautica or the Odyssey, the Iliad, you know, that they would announce heroes and they'd announce their accomplishments, you know, and they, you know, the the mother of dragons, breaker of chains kind of thing. And I would kind of have this for myself. It's not always reliable, but it's a fun thing to do if you can get over the corniness of it. And in the absence of that sometimes, or in the times when I really can't find that in my brain, damn, it's super important to have people around you that can remind you of the good things they see in you. Or hopefully that, you know, as a guy growing up in America, uh, we kind of learn to show our love through meanness. And I think that extends beyond just males. It's definitely real among males, but it extends to a lot of culture of, like, tough love. And I think tough love can be a thing, but I think it usually gets the wrong name. This idea of like some kind of cruelty, some kind of criticism, some kind of um, reminder or, or meanness or, or, or taking the piss or something like that, that stands in for true kindness, true empathy, true amplification. And cultivating that, you know, usually just starting it by being it in the lives of your friends, unabashedly expressing love, admiration, um, a sense of beauty you get from somebody, uh, an appreciation for them just for who they are. You know, sometimes it's as simple. I think it's not like if you just take a picture of somebody when they don't know, that's like a nice picture and you can give it to them later and just like say, you look really beautiful here, you know? And you don't have to use those words if that's too, too like, you know, weird, like feels too intimate or something like that and they'll get the wrong idea. Just like, just sending them, hey, I just, this, you looked really, I thought this was nice or a moment I've captured. Um, The times people have done that for me, like, stand out as just such an honor. Like it makes me feel so like I exist in the times when you're, sh- you're not sure you exist. Somebody somebody else saying like, you exist. I saw you and you're good thing here. And and I just thought you should know here. I think that's a really nice thing to do for people, just a recognition. And so having those people in your life and if you don't have them in your life, I think uh, <laughs> this has become a strategy of mine. Is like if you don't have anybody to show up for you, and it's not good to wait for that because it's not going to happen. You have to communicate. You have to ask. You have to say, hey, I need some help right now. And if you don't have that option, I think almost better is showing up for other people, doing something nice for someone else, recognizing them. I I, I can almost guarantee if you're stuck in a bad place and, and you just start doing nice things or saying nice things to other people and going dumping love out in the universe, damn, it just comes back. It just comes right back. It makes you feel good. Because love is not a thing that comes from inside of individuals. I truly believe this. Love is not a thing that comes from inside you or from others. It's something that comes from the universe. And we allow it to pass through us. When we talk about self-love, I'm pretty sure that, like, what that means now at this point and why it's so hard to get over is not a narcissism. It's not like having a fucking crush on yourself. It's having a place for love inside of you. Like, the home, ready for it. A place for it to stay. And that we can let this love from the universe come into us and through us. And sometimes that'll clean you out, you know? Sometimes that will really work. Friends, man. Community. I don't know. So, narratives. The, the riskiness, I'm, I'm sure I'll get back into this at some point, but I was like really losing the thread a little bit. It's really hard when you look at the universe, you look at the news and you just feel like crooks win, bad people win. Society is something that we've just agreed upon and some people seem to figure that out and that, you know, rules and whatever aren't based in true human decency. They're based on like power leverage. It gets really hard to like see why even try to be a good person, why even try to keep existing. And a lot of that I think is just coming from my dumb fucking phone. And stuff because when I stop and look at my life moment to moment, it's a beautiful universe out there. I get to experience it every day with my skin, (laughs) you know, with my feelings, with my sensory, like my nose and my tongue and my eyes and my ears. I get to be here in this weird little existence for this little blip, and I get to be here with other wonderful people, and I get to be here with art, I get to be here with good TV and, like, good music, you know, just the sky, and when I can, like, really see that instead of, like, the fucking feed grinding my brain down, when I get to exist there, when I light some fucking incense, you know, and build a different story for myself with this thing that's been used in spiritual practices for thousands of years, and now you can just get it like a bodega, you know, you could just, like, buy down the street, light some incense. I don't know. There's something about it. Seems to like connect with your spirit, rips you out of your, uh, rips you out of your brain through your nose. And it's just nice or at least helps you, you know, says, Hey, you're okay. It's a little, it's it's warmer than you think it is. You know, this reality. I think that has been probably enough of (laughs) of a brain breather for today. Yeah. I feel breathed out. Um, thanks for being here for this one. We'll do these solo episodes every other week. I hope you dig them. I hope you find something useful in them. Um, and hey, if you uh, have the means and the uh, 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 interest, please check out patreon.com slash my good brain. Uh, contribute there uh, some dough if you can. Every little bit helps. Uh, truly. I mean, I can't stress that enough. I'm very fucking grateful for that direct support because it lets me live man lets me live and do this thing which i love i think this is uh this is proving to be a very important thing in my life so i hope it in some of yours also um be well hydrate self-care right yeah thanks for listening yeah see you guys around